The Compliance Life details the journey to and in the role of a Chief Compliance Officer. How does one come to sit in the CCO chair? What are some of the skills a CCO needs to successfully navigate the compliance waters in any company? What are some of the top challenges CCOs have faced and how did they meet them? These questions and many others will be explored in this new podcast series. The Compliance Life is hosted by Tom Fox, and each month he'll present the story of one CCO through four episodes. The Compliance Life is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This month, I welcome Jonathan Kellerman. Jonathan is a partner at Stone Turn and a former CCO at Allergan. Over the four episodes, we begin with why Jonathan chose compliance. He grew up in a family of doctors, yet gravitated to consulting practice around healthcare services. His early professional career in consulting and building out compliance programs in healthcare. His move to the CCO chair at Allergan, some of the lessons learned and key initiatives. And we conclude with what's next for compliance as we look down the road as Jonathan sees compliance at a crossroads. It's a fascinating four-part exploration. I know you'll enjoy it. In episode two, we look at Kellerman's early professional career and his gravitation to compliance. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode of The Compliance Live with Jonathan Kellerman, partner at Stone Turn. Today, we're going to take up his move to the CCO chair or uh, Global Chief Compliance Officer Chair at Allergan. So, Jonathan, first of all, welcome back. Thank you, Tom, for having me back. This is uh, this has been fun. I enjoy this with you. So, Jonathan, what happens when you get a Godfather call? <laughs> you don't turn it down. Um, you know, it's it's interesting. You know, I I had spent so much of my career building you know two very successful consulting practices. Um, at PwC and working with some just tremendous partners there um, that, you know, I kind of, everyone kind of saw me as the guy that was going to turn off the lights at PwC one day, you know, be the guy that just rides off into the sunset um, when they force them out one day. Um, but as I discussed a little briefly on, on our first podcast and, um, you know, we had, when I was at PwC, we had hired uh, Brent Saunders, who was then the chief compliance officer at Jefferson. We brought him in as a direct admin partner to really help us build out our compliance program for healthcare providers and then uh, for the life sciences and pharma industry. Um, And I got to work side by side with Brent for five years uh, as we really built a very strong foundation, a great practice uh, and moved uh, in particular from the healthcare provider space into the, um, you know, into the pharma life sciences space on a global scale. And, and he really was the pioneer and entrepreneur that drove us into that, into that space. Um, so I learned a tremendous amount from him. I learned everything about how to be, you know, how, how to focus on, you know, client service through, um, you know, how to actually, you know, work with CEOs and work with boards of directors and, and deal with the subject matter expertise that we had to build. Um, Brent and I actually were hired by a company called Sharing Plow. Uh, the new uh, CEO of Sharing Plow was Fred Hassan, uh, who ended up being a tremendous mentor for Brent um, over the last, let's say, 20 years. And uh, so Mr. Hassan hired us to come in and rebuild their whole global compliance function. And um, during the course of that work, um, Mr. Hassan recruited uh, Brent to be their first you know, global chief compliance officer and head of their operational excellence function. So Brent went over 
And he, you know, he left the firm and went over and became their chief compliance officer. And I, I became his client at that point. Um, funny sidebar real quick. He did offer me a job. He offered me to come over and join him and be his successor. Um, I was I was in my partner year at the time. So um, I turned him down and I stayed and made partner that year. Um, and on the day that um, they were acquired by, um, by Merck, um, I got an email from Brent uh, telling me how much money I left on the table uh, by not going through with the deal. But um, you know, all good natured stuff. But uh, so then he went on being my client at Shearing Plow and then uh, went on being my client uh, at Bausch and Lomb and then at um, uh, a client that I spent many years at called Forest Labs. And uh, while he was at Forest Labs, um, they were doing a number of acquisitions. Uh, and essentially, he had four companies come together at the same time. It was Forest Labs. It was Activist and Watson. Uh, and then it was this $60 billion acquisition of Allergan. And he and I were having lunch and he brought up this idea of coming to join him. And, you know, I've, I've always loved working with him. He's a, a true entrepreneur. He's a true uh, startup mentality kind of guy and, and really innovative in the way he thinks. And I not only learned so much from him, it, you know, the idea of being able to work for him again was, was very enticing. But more importantly, the offer he made to me was one I really couldn't turn down. It was an opportunity to really build from scratch a new global compliance function, all aspects of it, the people, the organizational structure, the alignment with the business, the process controls, the technology we were using. He was giving me a license to be innovative uh, and progressive, uh, whereas a lot of companies really weren't at that time. Um, and you know, he also asked me to be part of his executive leadership team. Uh, and that was a group of 10 of us that were really involved day to day with the company's strategy, uh, the, the overall performance of the company, uh, and, and had an, a unique opportunity to mentor under him and you know, our chief commercial officer, Bill Murray, to really learn how the businesses run day to day. You know, how do you launch products? How do you commercialize products? Um, how do you deal with operations? How do we do business development and have that opportunity? So it really was that godfather offer. It was one I could not refuse. So I retired from PwC. I came in house um, and, you know, up until the acquisition of Allergan by AbV, you know, spent, you know, the last six, seven years, you know, focusing on really building a very progressive, innovative compliance program and working with uh, Brent and, and the other ELT members on some very, you know, uh, sizable and, and impactful corporate initiatives. Jonathan, uh, many compliance professionals who move into the CCO chair find that if they've, they've come from outside as a consultant, consultant like yourself, or perhaps from private practice in a law firm, they really have to learn a, a new set of skills or a new muscle um, that they could, um, um, they have to utilize in the corporate world. And I was wondering uh, if that was your experience, uh, what were some of the things that uh, you did you did learn and that you put into place really on the people or human side of being a CCO? Yeah, that's a really good question. And one that kind of gets overlooked when you, when you think about, you know, professionals in, in the, in the compliance space. Um, you know, the, the one piece of advice Brent gave me after I accepted the job and the one kind of watch out he gave me was the biggest challenge I was going to have was learning how to be an executive, not a partner in a firm. 
He said, being a partner in a firm, being one of 2,500 partners is a unique set of skill sets and capabilities. But being an executive at a, you know, a, a, you know, a top 20 global pharmaceutical company where you're part of a team of 10 people that are really responsible for the performance of the company, you're responsible for the people, you're responsible for everyday aspects. That was a, that was a new skill that I had to learn. And I had to find my voice in a very different way. And I had to, I had to find a way to be impactful beyond just being the compliance officer. He knew I was going to be successful as a compliance officer, but he wanted me to be successful as an executive. And that, to your point, using your your um, analogy there, is really what was a new muscle. And I have to say, it took me a better part of a year to really get comfortable in my skin as not only a chief compliance officer, but as an executive of the company and feel like I, I, I had the right voice to express myself and to add my opinions and, and feedback and value uh, to the other initiatives beyond what we were doing. So first and foremost, I think, you know, coming out of professional services or a career in professional services um, and going in-house, you really do have to learn how to think and act differently as an owner of that business. Um, you know, and I think the other key element here is, you know, as consultants and advisors in professional services, we generally get to see you know, it's very temporal, right? We see parts of projects. Even if we're on a client for many, many years, we're only doing parts of projects. We don't own it from, you know, tip to tail. And this was an interesting opportunity for me to take ownership of a global compliance function, all elements from the ground up, literally get to burn the house down and rebuild it. And that's a different skill set. You have to be much more aware of interdependencies with other functions. You have to be much more focused on people and their skill sets and their role in the compliance function and their development professionally. You have to think about how you're going to create uh, controls and process that's not only effective from a compliance perspective, that fit with the business. And, you know, and that's a different thing because when you're coming in as a partner and you're advising, you're really focused on how does it make it effective from a compliance perspective. But when you're in-house, you have to look at it from the lens of the business all the time. And I consider myself to be a very business-friendly compliance officer. And you know, you really have to you have to invest yourself in the business. And I spent a lot of time you know, in the field with our chief commercial officer, with his direct reports, out on field rides, out at meetings, presenting at conferences, but really learning the business, learning the products, learning the processes and controls. That gives you the clout and credibility to be able to say, this is what I think you need to do to manage risk, but it's still going to be efficient and it's still going to, you know, reduce cycle time. It's going to help you get to your customers faster, and it's going to help you meet your business objectives. And there is a way to marry both. And I think some of the traditionalists in compliance think that there needs to be more church and state separation. I don't. I think it has to be, you know, uh, intertwined. And that was a very valuable lesson for me in terms of a new skill set I had to learn. It's you got to put on a different set of lenses when you're the, when you're in house. What about the difference in skill sets, if any, between a chief compliance officer and an executive vice president? Um, yeah, very. There, there are a lot of differences. As, as the chief compliance officer, 
you have very specific responsibilities for the ethical culture of the company and, and empowering the business to make smart and well-informed business decisions. And, and that's what you wake up every day thinking about how to do it. How do you do it more efficiently? How do you do it more impactful? How do you make your training stickier for, for people? How do you make the controls you know, more efficient and effective? How do you have the data um, be more um, informative to the business, not just on compliance, but in their performance? As, as an executive, however, you're thinking big picture about the company. You're not thinking about your, you're not thinking about your specific role, your title, your role, your job function. You're thinking about the people of the company, you know, 18,000 employees. You're thinking about the overall performance of the company financially. You're thinking about how our R&D pipeline is doing. And are we meeting timelines and are we, you know, working with the regulators efficiently? You're thinking about our business development and are we going after the right uh, partnerships? Are, you, are we going after the right acquisitions? Are we thinking about the right divestitures that are ultimately going to give the company the firepower to grow organically and inorganically? And those are different. You think about things differently and you have to kind of step out of your role and not think about your role selfishly, you have to think about the company as a whole, and you have to make some trade-offs at times because of that. And that was part of my experience learning how to be a good executive, to work with the board of directors on corporate strategy, to work with our business development team on, on opportunities for growth and expansion, uh, to work on our, our large-scale um, you know, corporate initiatives. It was kind of taking myself out of the compliance officer role and more into kind of a, a company owner type role. Jonathan, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I hope our listeners will join us for our next episode where we take up some of the innovations you brought to the CCO chair at Allergan. Uh, but uh, I was wondering if any of our listeners wanted to get in contact with you. How could they do so? Uh, that's excellent. Thanks, Tom. Um, they can reach me by email at jkellerman, K-E-L-L-E-R-M-A-N, at stoneturn.com, or they can call me directly, 973 610 5260. I'd be happy to talk with anyone anytime about compliance. Jonathan, I look forward to continuing the conversation. Thanks. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Compliance Life, and I hope you'll join us for our next episode. If I could ask you to please leave a review on iTunes, it would greatly help our rankings. Also, please consider subscribing to this podcast or any of the others on the Compliance Podcast Network. You can do so at Compliance Podcast Network, which is www.compliancepodcastnetwork.net, or the FCPA Compliance Report, which is fcpacompliancereport.com. Thanks again for listening. The Compliance Life is a production of Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank you.